God usually speaks to me through movies, media, nature, signs, symbols, numbers. Today was really, really super hard for me emotionally because I was facing a lot of my fears, a lot of my self-sabotaging fears where I was, you know, getting a new opportunity to do something or a new opportunity to, to go somewhere and to be something. And it's like all my anxiety started kicking in and, and I became depressed and I looked at my situation and I'm not where I want to be. And, you know, things just got so cloudy for me that I began to thunder on the inside, you know, and uh, all of a sudden I felt really cold. <laughs> to watch The Wiz, (laughs) which is so weird because we all know the story of The Wizard of Oz. We all know Dorothy, Toto, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion, right? And I'm like, God, I used to see this on BET and I never used to watch it then. I don't want to watch it now. And, you know, I felt God reassure me like, no, as usual, if I point you to do something, there's something here, something here for you. So we all know the story, right? Dorothy, this girl who, you know, is comforted and, you know, feeling loved by her family, gets thrown on this life-altering path that really opens her up to a whole new world filled with new possibilities and new people. And every person that she met who helped her along her journey were all different parts of her, right? Let's do a character analysis for a minute. So we look at the scarecrow, right? In the, in the whiz, Dorothy was the scarecrow in her own life. She was too afraid to make a change, too afraid to go outside, too afraid to hang out, too afraid to do anything different, right? Um, Which limited her knowledge. It is through experiences that we gain knowledge, especially frontier knowledge, by experiencing something for ourselves. And I think that with this character analysis, we can find a little bit of all of ourselves within all of these characters. Let me continue. Then they meet the Tin Man, right? The Tin Man who was rusted by an old relationship. And he was just so burdened and so paralyzed by this old heavy relationship that it turned him into steel, right? It made him, you know, not really face his emotions. So he felt like he didn't have a heart. He felt like in order for him to survive, he needed to put his heart aside, right? It's like that pre-savage energy that we feel after being brokenhearted. Um, But what I noticed about the Tin Man in particular, and I'll go back to the Scarecrow, but what I noticed about the Tin Man in particular was that he was so emotional, (laughs) right? Like, 
there were scenes in the movie where he was like literally pouring out of his eyes. And he kept saying, I don't have a heart. I don't have a heart, which led me to know like most of the stuff that we feel and perceive in our lives is perceived through our minds. It's not exactly real. So for example, me, right? There's a stage in my life where I was quote unquote heartless, but I would still be at home crying at a Disney movie. But it's like the personas that we put up to survive in this tough, cold world. It's like after a while we forget that we no longer need those personas. We, we don't need to pretend to be anything that we're not, but because we've trained ourselves to be like that for so long, it's so hard to come back to who we were pre-heartbreak, you know, pre-loss, pre-grief, pre-disaster. It's so hard for us to go back. And when I look at the same thing for the scarecrow, the scarecrow was like one of the wisest like people that I knew. Like in the whole movie, he kept, you know, quoting, quoting all these philosophical greats. He was a philosopher. Imagine a philosopher saying that he has no brain. <laughs> Right. But even that, because I find myself having some philosopher moments and it can make you feel scatterbrained because it's so much information and it's like, you know how to recite it, you know when to say it. But it's like, well, what do you do with all this information? How do you organize it? How do you put it to use? How can you use your intelligence to help you along your journey? But one thing that was part, you know, very special about his story was he was raised pretty much by these these crows, right? We all know that crows represent death, but in this case, it was death of his mind, death of, death of his mentality. And they kept telling him over and over, like, you don't need to get down from that pole. You don't need to get down. You don't need to be a part of this, this horrible world. It's a horrible world. And the world just kicks you in your butt and leaves you just high and dry. And, and you'll, you're better off up there and stop reading, stop learning. That, that's all a waste. You don't need to read. You don't need to learn. You know, you're dumb. You don't have no brain. Like, it's like they was training him to put himself, you know, to, to not believe in himself. And it was so many of them that is like, you know, it's like that song, like, you know, who can I run to? Who can I trust when I need someone to believe in me when I don't believe in myself? Well, a lot of us were raised like that. A lot of us were raised by people who don't believe in themselves because nobody ever believed in them. And they never took a moment to really assess their mindsets to see, well, somebody got to believe in me or I'm going to end up being nothing in life, right? But no, that never happens. That cycle never breaks for some people. It just perpetuates. And then they teach their children to be like that too. Think of all the people in our lives who are uninspired. They don't have any passion at all. They have no creative outlet at all, right? Like, those are usually the crows in our lives. And unfortunately, if, if everybody around you is a crow, you will start thinking that you a crow too because that negative mentality can really hold you down. Like I know a lot of people who were in that situation or who perpetuates that situation. And it's really sad to see. Like, I know that I usually talk about my exes very unfavorably, but unfortunately, one of my exes is like, he was, a, well, is an amazing man. 
like him on his own, him on his own two feet without the crippling of his family and his and his friends who promote him having no life, promote him just hanging around and doing nothing with them because they hang around and they do nothing. It's like he he literally was the smartest, wisest man that I've I've gotten to know thus far. And it's like all of that wisdom and knowledge, unfortunately, doesn't even get to be shared or acknowledged because he only believes what the people around him believe for him. And because I'm anti that, he became anti me. You know, so that's that. Um, In regards to the Tin Man situation, I could think about a lot of the men who I've loved in my lifetime. It's like I was like the first woman, even though I was like tough, you know, and very masculine, at least to me, it's like I made these men feel. I made these men express more feminine sides of them because of the natural divine, you know, divine feminine energy that I carry. So I found that a lot of the men in my life who were supposed to be these hardcore gangsters was actually really emotional, like really sentimental. You know, they really held on to a lot of moments in their past that kept them stuck and made them feel like they had to perpetuate that thug life mentality. But really all they were doing was keeping themselves stuck. The thunder is confirming. Thank you, most high God. (laughs) Um, And then last but not least, we look at the, the cowardly lion right? Who wanted courage. Now, that for me was so significant because he was like a combination of the Tin Man holding on to like negative memories, negative mindsets, but also, well, maybe that's just the connection between them all, between all of them, including Dorothy. It was like a negative mindset is what kept them blocked in certain areas. And if you think about it, they were really coming together to talk about the chakra system. The courage that you get is from the root and sacral chakra, right? That's all about, you know, how you feel safe, how you have a sense of belonging in this world, how you, you know, defend yourself, how you, how you survive. Imagine being a, a cowardly lion. Like, how the, how the hell do you survive like that? How do you survive if you're too afraid to to be vulnerable or you're too afraid to express yourself or you're too afraid to go out and venture or any little thing that jumps at you, you get scared and you go running and hiding, right? Like, come on, have not we all been there? That's why I overall sum all of the characters that Dorothy met along her journey um, all back to her because they all were very significant along her journey pre-meeting them, right? So I'm a firm believer that God puts people in your life for a reason. Even if it's for a season, it doesn't matter. It's up to you to take the, the value out of whatever the situation is. So they journey along, right, along the yellow brick road, which obviously signifies heaven. Um, it, scripture says that the, the city of heaven is paved in gold, right? So obviously they're going to heaven. Um, and as they get there, they meet, right? And they go to Emerald City. Hello, definitely heaven now because that's a part of scripture. Emeralds, rubies, gold, those, all those things come together to make up heaven, to make up the city of God. And then they're going to see the whiz, right? The, the one, the only, the almighty, the powerful, the great, right? Only the most high God 
can be considered as the great only. So when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait, is this the the Savior's journey? Just in like a really super creative way? Because just like any other story, a lot of uh, plays, movies, shows, they're all based off of usually Greek mythology or ancient Egyptian uh you know, stories and artifacts and the Savior's journey is is one of our favorites, right? When you look at Marvel, Marvel is all about the Savior's journey expressed through different ways. So that's how a lot of people love Marvel because who doesn't love a hero? Who doesn't love Jesus? I mean, come on, even if you claim that you're an atheist, you love Jesus, bro. Like, it's Jesus. What? So, <laughs> so in this case, Dorothy played Jesus, right? Um... Who was, who was healing, healing all these people. And even the fact that like she was hanging around the people who were, were technically considered nothing by society, the people who were overlooked, the people who were too afraid to put themselves out there and stake a claim in this world, the people who were considered dumb and, and not intelligent, all the quote unquote rejects, right? Dorothy found love and favor in those people. Who else did that? Come on only Jesus. (laughs) Um, And then she, she brings them to heaven. Come on, like you can't make this up. And then she's telling them, she's pretty much telling them, right? Cause they all wanted something from God, the wiz. They all wanted something from God. And she's pretty much telling them, listen, you know, come, come with me, come see the wiz, right? He's going to put us all on. He's going to answer all of our prayers. He's going to make us all whole and healed. Um, which we'll come back to this, but let's sit at that point for a little while. When he says, when, uh, sorry, I just noticed something it just really creeped me out. <laughs> um, when he says, when the Wiz says, right, for Dorothy, she has to defeat the wicked queen. Right there alone, that was the confirmation. Like, okay, she's playing Jesus, and that's it. Like, I already knew. So she goes there, and she she goes to defeat the evil queen. And the evil queen sends these flying monkeys to go look for her, right? We all know about flying monkeys. If you don't, please search on my channel for my narcissist episode. I got to see if I took that down or not, because in the very beginning stages of my podcast, I didn't want things to be too negative. So... I tried not to put those type of messages out, but I think I might have to just to support this in case I didn't already post it. Now, that was like two years ago, so I don't know. I'm going to check out check it out after this video. Um, if it's not already there, within 24 hours, I'm going to post it again. So, the flying monkeys were very significant, right? Because the flying monkeys that the evil witch sent to summon Dorothy to her is one major on the narcissist journey. Now, the thing is, is that in this story in particular and also in our lives, the wicked one is usually lived out by narcissistic people, people who unfortunately favor more of the demonic characteristics of Satan, right? Of, of, of demons. Narcissists are self-grandiose, right? They think very highly of themselves. They don't care who they run over. They don't care who they step on. They don't care whose hearts get broken. They don't care to manipulate people and use their secrets against them. Um, They don't care 
to isolate, you know, people. They, they, the people who narcissists treat bad are usually some of the best people in the world. So it's very easy to spot out a narcissistic dynamic because usually the narcissist is the one with like all the family, all the friends, all of this and that. But usually those family and those friends, they're usually held on by a very tight leash by the narcissist because the narcissist uses, again, uh, demonic strongholds on these people. So again, their secrets, their past right? And because those people are so fearful, this is, this is what keeps a lot of people from seeking God because people are so fearful of uncovering their sins. That's why it's so big for you to uncover your sins, at least before God, because when you cover them, when you uncover them before God, nobody can't use your sins against you. Nobody can't use your secrets against you. But if you cover your sins, which is very symbolic to when Adam and Eve hid in the garden, right? Because why did they cover themselves? Why did they, all, they knew that they were naked. They felt shame. They didn't feel shame because they were naked. They'd been naked. They felt shame because they had went against God. So they were feeling shame. They were feeling guilt, which is exactly what narcissistic people use on other people to, to keep them bonded to them. Right. Or or and because I got to put a little a little in between with that and or excuse me, a narcissist will use their emotions. Right. Because they're usually very emotional people. They're usually remember, like I said, the 10 man. Right. Like people who are hurt, who perpetuate hurt. But these people are not Tin Man because Tin Man never perpetuated the hurt. He took the hurt in himself and like let it kill himself and paralyze himself emotionally and physically. But a narcissist will take their hurt and build themselves up. Like think of a fucking King Kong, right? Build themselves up to this. And it doesn't matter what they look like. Most narcissists are fire. Most narcissists are very attractive, like very handsome or very beautiful or very sexy like so you you will feel sorry for them because they're more favorable on the eyes and then again they're very emotionally manipulative so if they feel like nobody is fucking with them they're gonna start crying playing games um and this is how they hook people because people will look at them and be like oh but you know what this person, they not perfect. You know, it, come on. It doesn't matter if they fucked you over a hundred times. Come on, look at them. They, they so sad. No, if they was ugly, people wouldn't feel sorry for them. So, <laughs> so the narcissist is the perpetuator of evil on earth, right? And again, you will usually see these people indulging. I mean, overindulging in excess and illegal activities. They're usually very, very, very self-pleasing, very hedonistic. They usually like a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of, a lot of money. They like to gain because they're trying to fill a void. But that void is, is filled with, with self, which is why a lot of them are selfish. They move very selfish now. Again, all of those characteristics go back to the main evil one, right? Sat uh, what, what we say? Shatan, right? Shatan or Shatanel. That's, that's shape Satan real name. 
Okay, the thunder with the names is like, is getting me God. I, I can't lie. <laughs> but yeah, that's his real name. You feel me? And, and when you trample over the devil, you need to know who you're trampling over. Even if it, the person looks like your family member. Remember what scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of the, the rulers of the underworld, the principalities right? That means demonic spirits can jump and, and body hop and shape shift from person to person to person, sometimes just for you. Like you ever had a really shit day because it's like everybody was getting on your fucking nerve? Like sometimes that literally happens just like it's a spiritual thing that's happening just so that you come over to the dark side. That's all they want. That's all they want is for chosen ones, for, for healers, for light workers, for people who are in between. That's all they want is for people to switch. Why? Because when they are destroyed, the more people that's destroyed, the better. And technically that works in God's favor because why would you want a bunch of fake niggas around? If God is supposed to dwell with us, right, along with, along with Jesus and all the other prophets and everybody else, and we all good, kind people, why would we want demonic people sprinkled around? No. <laughs> no, which is why you have to, again, uncover your sins. That's, this, this is literally how you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Uncover your sins. Keep it real. You keep it real with God. You go into your first prayer. You do, your, do a little fast, even if it's for an hour. Do a little fast. Read a couple of scriptures, right? Allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate your heart. Usually when you read in the scriptures, this is how you'll know if your heart starts being penetrated because you will start to find yourself in the scriptures. You're like, oh, I remember a situation like that. Oh, I've been there. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of remember a situation like that that happened to me. Like once you, once you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to put you on. Like it's literally going to put you on. Like people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, how do you know all these scriptures or how this, how that? The Holy Spirit, because I don't know. I'm just a human. In this, in this life, I came here as a human. So I'm just like everybody else. But it is the Holy Spirit that I allow to penetrate me that I don't put myself too high on a pedestal to learn because the Holy Spirit can't teach me and reproof me. It can't show me anything if I'm so ego egotistic. That's why the narcissist can't learn anything. They're so egotistic. They're such big babies and, and drama, like drama kings and drama queens that they can't be penetrated by the Holy Spirit. So they just perpetuate this cycle of abuse. But it's the same abuse that they went through. So that's why you see all narcissists usually have they thing. They're usually very greedy, very greedy, very mean, very spiteful. They're usually the ones who are always starting drama in the family. They're usually the ones who people only are around them because they're scared of them. Who else? Who am I? Come on, like, like, what are we talking about here? Who else live like that? Right? So, Dorothy, a.k.a. Jesus, has to go defeat Satan. Right? And she goes into hell, pretty much. And the, the, evil, the evil queen is there. But it was so symbolic to me that the evil queen that was there at like literally at <laughs> like in hell was a family member of Dorothy's. Right. So it's very symbolic. Like I'm telling you, when God tell you to watch something, when God is watching a movie with you, 
when God is chilling with you, you're going to see some shit. And it's like, it's so cool. Like, I wouldn't even have peeped that if God ain't say, look at that queen. Yeah, she all decorated, right? Got glitz and glamour or whatever. But really look at her. Who is that character? Yo, that's Dorothy family member. Boom, got him. That is how the devil enters our lives. It's usually through the people closest to us. The people who are broken hearted. And that's why it's not for us to, to blame them, to hate them. No, but it's also not okay for us to victimize them either. Once you start to follow God and Jesus Christ, there is no more victimhood. God teaches you how to be a man or a woman of reproof, somebody who is willing to learn, somebody who is willing to train to be better, not train to be better at a job to get more money. No, train to be better at being a human, to have a better human experience, right? Like people will look at me and people will say, well, if she believe in God, well, then how come her life looked like that? Yeah, because life is life. The fuck? I could be a millionaire and still be suffering. We see that every day. There's nobody committing suicide more than millionaires right now. Let's keep it a buck. Why? Because if you don't dwell with the most high, there's no protection. There's no protection when the evil comes. There's no adornment over your door. There's no nothing. You have no power without God. You have nothing. You have no power without the faith that there is a God who is watching, protecting, and guiding over you. You have nothing, which is why I don't believe in atheists. That doesn't make sense. In order to say that you are an atheist, you have to believe in a God to deny the existence of God. You're just a baby that's looking for attention. You want attention. You want people to beg you to find God. Nobody's gonna do that for you. And that part was very significant in the movie because it took for each character to go through this journey together to see that they had the power, the strength, the courage, the, the wisdom, the knowledge, you know, the emotions. They had everything the whole time because that is how they got through the journey. So like, it's so significant. I'm telling you, when you watch movies with God, when you do Netflix and chill with God, it hit different. <laughs> Like it just hit so different because God really opens your eyes to see things that I don't even know. Sometimes if the directors and, and the scriptwriters really meant to, you know, do that, most likely they did. But some of the stuff that I, I see, I'm like, wow, that's fire, God. <laughs> so, yeah, so she goes there and she faces the evil queen, right? But in order... The funny thing about when she faced the evil queen was that everybody's everybody's defaults, right? Everybody's weaknesses were invoked. So the evil queen used the scarecrow's quote unquote lack of knowledge against him. The scarecrow used the the uh, cowardly lions, um, you know, just being a coward, being afraid and shit. She used that against him. And then she used the tin man not being able to emote, like emote properly. She used that against him. And then she was able, able to almost demolish them. So do you see how our weaknesses, right? Our fears can bring us to our demise. Scripture says that we must be, we must trample 
<laughs> trample over the serpents. Not let the serpents trample us. The fuck? How are you letting a little snake take you down? You're a man. You, you're a big man, big woman. We can't do that. But the, the, symbolize, the symbolization of the snake, the serpent, is those, those little kind of like those insidious thoughts, those thoughts that are tempting, those thoughts that are pushing us to do things and to seek things. And what it seems like is it seems like knowledge, right? A lot of us go down journeys and paths seeking knowledge or being tempted to seek knowledge, being tempted to see what this person is about, being tempted to see what that place is about. But have you really taken the time to use your wisdom, your innate wisdom? Because most of us go on journeys and paths for no fucking reason. Now, granted, of course, God is always using man's evil for good. So it's not going to be for no reason. Most likely you was placed there for something. You were on a mission. Now, how you complete your mission is you have to take the evil one down. Of course, not physically, because again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood unless you're in a dire situation, but I'm not going to promote that here. And you know what I'm saying? You have to defeat them by their own weaknesses. What, what was that evil queen weakness? You know what took her out? Water. Now y'all know I talk about water on here a lot <laughs> because what is, what is water? Emotions, the fluidity of emotions, the fact that we cannot, we cannot capture water per se. Even if we put it in a bottle, it's still free. It still does its own thing, right? Emotions are what narcissists lack. Nobody ever validated their emotions or so they say. Some people become narcissists because they had too much of a good life. It's like, well, I mean, nobody else wants to be the powerful one, so I'm going to be it. No, motherfucker. How about you not? How about you not be the evil one? We already have evil ones in the people and places that we go every day. Strangers that we meet fucking hate us for no reason. Why would we want an evil one within the family? That's too close for comfort. Which is why a lot of chosen ones venture away from their families and from old friends. Because a lot of those people are too broken and wounded to heal. What destroyed the evil queen was emotions. She was overpowered by all the water. And this is how you know when somebody got some type of demonic shit going around. Somebody that don't drink water, red flag. If you're not drinking water, red flag. The devil hate water. And it's so funny because... (laughs) When when the water was sprinkling on her, she was like, I hate water. <laughs> and it's God that put me on that the devil hate water. I never noticed that. The devil hates water. Isn't like how symbolic, like, yo, God is ill. Like, uh, that's so symbolic. The devil hates emotions. Oh, that just gave me chills. God, you are like, you are magnificent. Um, so yeah, right? And then, and then the movie continues on, right? So she defeats the evil queen, puts her friends back together, blesses and anoints her friends by telling them, listen, you had the power all along. But then there was a, there's a very significant scene after, which was very significant even for me. So 
they go back to the Wiz, right? And mind you, the evil queen is destroyed. But the Wiz ended up being a coward. The Wiz was like some, some, I don't know. I, I don't know if he was an assemblyman, an attorney, a, some type of politician who had a failed career. Nobody was fucking with him. And pretty much he assumed the, the, the role of the Wiz just because of his power, of the way that he, you know, exuberated power. So it made all the other people who was in, you know, uh, Emerald City assume that he was the most high, that he was the chosen one. Oh, I didn't peep that. Why you put... Oh. Anyways, he was a false prophet, which, come on, how much false prophets, uh, false prophets do we see? Right? Scripture says that many will come in my name. Oh my. You are blowing my mind right now. This is too authentic. <laughs> like, wow. This, like, I'm literally recording and my mind is being blown. Anyways, the Wiz ended up being a false prophet. He was operating a seat that was not his seat. Why? Because he was a narcissist. But he was inspired by Dorothy's journey. He was inspired by the courage that she had, the faith that she had, the wisdom that she had, the strength that she had. He was so inspired that he changed. He went within himself and he was so disgusted by how he perpetuated his life with a false sense of enthusiasm, a false sense of self that all he wanted to do was hide. And he said that he spent his time locked up in his room because he, he, nobody wanted to be around him. He was a social piranha, but yet was treating people like he was the king. He was never the king. He was the false prophet. Technically, Dorothy was the king. If we're going to keep it a buck, it was Dorothy who was supposed to sit at the right hand side, which is very significant talking about the right side because in the movie, when they pan in, uh, before the wizard is revealed to be a fake, when they pan in on the, the wizard's face, they go straight to the right eye. Why? Because scripture says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the most high. You know, we should have probably meditated on this before we did this podcast. Because, <laughs> because like, I'm just, wow. So, because the true chosen one has now come and has now been revealed, the old chosen one had, had already been exposed. Is, it is what it is. The whiz, quote unquote, was too cowardly, not intelligent enough, not at least this is how he thought of himself, that he accidentally assumed a position of power. People gave him power for nothing. Just because he looked like somebody who was supposed to be in power. And guess where this nigga was from? Atlantic City, New Jersey. Like, you can't make this up. So I'm thinking about my own journey. And I'm like, what politician did I piss the fuck off then? I must, because the type of stuff that's happening to me, only somebody with at least a little bit of power could pull that type of shit. That's why when people are, like, worrying about me being, me being jealous of them or me wanting a man... You, are you kidding me? I'm going up against politicians right now. <laughs> I'm not focusing on nobody, man. <laughs> Calm down. So he, end up, he ends up getting his salvation because, like I said, he became inspired and he confessed his sins. He told the truth. 
the truth set him free and all he wanted was friends but he ended up going from zero friends to like four or five friends because he finally told his truth and people were finally able to accept him and love him for who he was he was a narcissist that got saved <laughs> blows raspberry <laughs> so like god can talk to you god can and does talk to us every day every day it is up to us to stop getting so carried away with ourselves and the burdens of our journeys and focus on god i think that that's scripture too and i can't remember which one it is but god calls us to shift our attention and our focus on him not on nothing else because when we focus on other stuff, we start to get nervous and that's how we start to drown in the burdens of life. But when you focus on God, your head is up, right? You looking up, you thinking up, you thinking higher thoughts, you in higher places, you go into higher realms, you're having higher consciousness. So you don't see none of the snakes around you. You trampling the snakes just automatically because you can't see them. They don't matter. The evil shit that people do doesn't matter when you're focusing on God. It doesn't matter. And if more and more people look up to God and look towards God for, for direction, for path, for purpose in life, eventually all the snakes will have to eat each other. That's what happens when you ignore the narcissist. When everybody ignores the narcissist, it bursts that big balloon of fucking nothingness. It bursts it and it makes them, you have to look at yourself now because now God is calling you out. And what happens? Then all the, all the narcissists who feel like shit about themselves now they, they go and fight each other now because now they have no more victims. Nobody is being a victim anymore. Everybody is being led by the most high, by the shepherd. Every sheep is being led now. And even when God, when God, when Jesus feel like, oh shit, where one of my sheep? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 9 million of y'all. 99 million of y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm missing a sheep. God is going to come and look for you once you commit yourself to him. He's going to come and look for you. He's going to come and rescue you. That is a promise. Oh, I'm just... I'm just at all with my God. Like, <laughs> you are one of one. <laughs> like, wow, God is amazing. God is amazing. Every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow that you are king. Woo! I just got so hyped just now. So I know the Holy Spirit is around. But look up to God. God is the one and true whiz. God is the one and true ultimate that will save you. I'm telling you, it don't matter what situation you find yourself in. It don't matter who your enemy is. Nobody can stand against the king. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody and nothing can stand against God. Nobody. It don't matter what nobody do. It doesn't matter their plans, their schemes, their thoughts. It doesn't matter. Even your own thoughts. Even when... The, the, the little serpent tried to sneak up on you. Call that serpent out. Check yourself. 
When you find yourself thinking dark thoughts and you feel paranoid, you feel confused, you feel, know that the enemy is around and you're not drinking no water, nah, the enemy is around. Call yourself out. Command that serpent be removed from your life. Distance yourself from the serpents. Don't be afraid. Your only true friend is God. And then God is going to bring you friends on earth. When you become friends with God, God is going to reward you with with earthly friends who are going to be there for you for real. Support you for real. Like God is... I'm hyper of God right now. I'm sorry. This 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 usually happens when I talk about God, but right now, like my heart is racing and everything. Like I'm just, I'm so honored. I'm so honored. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed to have a God that will lead me out the darkness, that will lead me out the shadow of death, the valley of death that I'm in. God is leading me out, and all I gotta do is focus on God. That's it. All I gotta do is focus on God. Even though I'm scared, even though sometimes I have fear, even though sometimes I get so overwhelmed by my emotions and I want to cry and I want to break down and I want to give up and I, and I just want to isolate myself and I don't want to come on and give no messages. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be around anybody. Even in those times when I look to God, God is going to give me the strength that I need to get on here and give the messages because the people need it. The people need the messages. It is the serpents, it is the narcissists, the narcissists at YouTube, the narcissists at Spotify who try to keep my channel down. I banned you guys in the name of Jesus. I banned y'all. Y'all should never be able to touch my, my, nothing that I have. Not my email accounts, not my bank accounts, not my podcast, not my eBooks. Y'all will touch nothing. More and more people will hear my message. More and more people will be saved. More and more people will come looking for God. I don't give a fuck who don't like it. You gonna fucking like this shit or you don't like me. God ride for me, so I'm a ride for God. And there's no man that I fear or woman. I don't know where that is. Sorry, guys. Listen, when you are, when you a child of God and you don't get passionate about God, I don't know. It's questionable. I don't know. Very questionable. So, Grace family, those anointed, those pre-anointed, what's up? We got a mission to do. We got a mission to do. And the serpent is going to always try to burden us, try to make us lose faith, make us lose hope, make us feel like our dreams don't mean anything, make us feel like our practice, our training, our talents don't mean anything. It means everything when you at least give portion back to God. Give portion back to God. If God has given you a talent, give portion back to God and watch God bless whatever you do. Whatever you do, if you're the best accountant, if you're the best performer, if you're the best writer, if you're the best fitness person, give a portion to God. A portion. 
and watch God bless it. Watch you gain the milk and honey. I don't know who that was for, but listen, we all could, come on, what's up? We all family here. <laughs> so I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all so much. I love my enemies. I love my enemies so much. I just feel sorry for them. I feel so sorry that they think that they can't go to God, that they can't be real with God. Be real with God. Just be real. Just tell the truth. Tell somebody the truth. If you are living a, li a life of lies and sin and darkness, tell somebody the truth. It don't got to be none of us. At least start with God. And let God give you the strength to heal things, to fix things, to mend things. But first, start with God. God is the only person that matters. If you can't tell the truth to God, you can't tell the truth to nobody else. It won't matter and it won't stick. Honor the Lord God and all your ways shall lead back to him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is waiting. God is waiting to hear from each and every one of us. God is waiting. This message must be really powerful because my neighbor is literally telling their kid to be quiet. <laughs> Y'all can talk. <laughs> but like, listen, that, this is some real tip. Like people, this is how serious this message is. This goes for everybody. I don't care what you are. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what's your gender bread assessment. I don't care what's your sexual orientation. I don't care about none of that shit. All that matters is that you know that you are a child of God and that you belong. There is a place where you belong. There is a whole family worldwide where you belong to. You have, come on, as a Christian, let's be real. I could go to anywhere in this world and find another Christian and I'm going to be good. Watch. It's a whole community of us. We are building the kingdom of God. We are building Emerald City. What's up? This is the new Jerusalem. That's what Emerald City is, the new Jerusalem. Which, speaking of that, I have to get back to my book. <sighs> That's a whole nother episode because people just really don't want me to make anything these days. Anyways, I love you guys. Take care of yourself. And until next time.